This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Dominique. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing fantastically. I've been so looking forward to this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's so fun that we all got a chance to hang out in Nashville. And uh, here we are now. Uh, And while I do know some details, this is the perfect opportunity to dive deeper. So we do this all the time, Jason, and I know how this goes. Do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs, Dominique, or what kind of work life was around you as you were growing up? (laughs) Actually, no. I was raised by a mother who never worked a day in her life. Uh, Never, never had to. People, um, people sort of ask me, it comes up around cooking. I never learned how to cook. And people are like, why didn't your parent teach you how to cook? And I was like, no, my mother had a cook. So <laughs> she never really <laughs> was in the situation where she had to like create that skill set. And so it's a very interesting thing. Um, my, my background is very sort of old money. My grandfather worked um, as a lawyer, but um, also probably didn't strictly need to. Um, and my grandmother said with great pride that her daughter would never need to work. That was that in that day and age, that was a thing to be to be very much uh, proud of. It's interesting, actually, how they the energy around that has shifted even during my lifetime. Um, so it's quite interesting. So in a way, um, I was around money. I saw how it worked, and that really gave me a pretty significant leg up in being able to talk to and enter rooms of people who really make a big impact in life. And that's that's kind of my ideal um, uh, demographic now. People I work with now. Um, on the other hand, I was never taught how to not only create a business, but get a job or hold one down, right? Those entire skill set that people probably take for granted that their parents teach them or the people around them teach them. And I just never had any access to that at all. So it was very interesting. Some some pros to that and some cons to that. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I can I can see how that can shift the way you think is for the basics and things that most day-to-day people might be running by uh cooking you know general upkeep and trying to hustle and find that uh that really base wage and you're like no 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 you got to think bigger than that man (laughs) right and so you've got that whole aspect going on and you're very familiar with the way money works that's that's an interesting situation to be in at what point did you make the choice to take it upon yourself to work with those people in your journey, uh, the these uh, wealthy elite, for lack of a better term, <laughs> uh, people yeah. who happen to be on the upper echelon of the socioeconomic ladder. What, how did that come about? You know, it was interesting um, when I first started my business. So I've done the work I now teach for about twenty five years, um, and. Uh, I start when I when I started the business around it. Um, I I really had to to dig in. I was actually in real estate for a couple of years before that, and I I um 
started the business maybe five or six years ago. And I really had this moment where I had to dig in, right? Every entrepreneur knows this place where they have to start making either cold calls or they have to get over the limiting belief around reaching out, around going out and getting, right? Hunting, right? There's this, we're not, we don't need to hunt until we need to work, right? And then we have to go out and get it and you eat what you kill, especially as, you know, the entrepreneur life. Um, And there was a moment where I saw a fork in the road because I'd never needed to dig in in that way. I had never needed to. I didn't grow up with a hardship in that particular um, aspect of life. So I never had to dig in and go get it. So I really lacked that skill. And this was like in my late 20s, I was realizing this. And I remember a day when I saw a fork in the road and I, and I realized that I, I, I didn't really have to dig in. I had a safety net, to be honest. I probably would have been, I would have been okay. It wasn't a lot of money, but I would have survived without digging in. And I looked down that path and it was easier because I didn't have to overcome all these fucking limiting beliefs and shit, right? And But I noticed that down that path, there was always this like, almost like being slightly behind the motion, right? Like I was always going to try to catch up. I was always a little bit dependent on the parents. There was a way in which I wasn't standing on my feet. And I looked down the other path. The other path was dig the hell in, girl, and be your own fucking person. And I didn't hear those words, but I saw that and I recognized it. And I and I really think that's such a valuable place because a lot of people um, who grow up the way I did never they never take off because they're not pushed. What you know, you know, when, when you have to, when you're forced to persevere, most perseverance comes through being forced, right? You're not like, ah, oh, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to go persevere. Something, you know, what I mean, like it comes from like, oh shit, like stuff's getting rough. I better fix it, right? And so, and so it really came to that place. And so I dug in and my whole world changed. I became this person. So I built perseverance. I didn't grow up. That wasn't a natural core quality of mine. Um, I was very sort of like, oh, I'll go over here and I'll go for there and I'll travel the world. It'll be great. And like, I never needed to sit down and do the same goddamn thing every day, you know, to be fair. So important. No, no, it's so important. So many things that resonate, uh, even though I don't come from even remotely the same background. uh, There's a lot of things that I think I didn't have to do early on. And I myself just kind of like got by on a lot of personality and a lot of things. And, you know, that can only go so far before it starts to be imperative that you go beyond the people that you know, or even actually go back to the people you do know and have a different conversation with them, right? Beyond the friendly. Um, But before we go any further, I want to check in with Jason because I know he's loving this story and I just want to hear his insights on it. I, I think it's great because it's great because... A lot of people that grow up with lack of a better word, call it what you want, silver spoon, whatever, right? Um, However you want to bucket that in, right? Most, uh, well, maybe it's not most, but many, many, a lot, I don't know what the number is, but, you know, they just kind of cruise through life and it's just all there. It's, you, you never learn the suck, right? Yeah. And I got to tell you what, uh, we all go through some suck, no matter what in our life. Doesn't matter if it's business, if if it's a personal thing, if it's whatever. And if you don't build that core resiliency up in your life to where somebody says something that sets you off just like that and you're in poo-poo land all of a sudden, um, you know, <laughs> And that happens to a lot of people, right? Yeah. That's a lack of resiliency. That's what that is. 
It's a lack of resiliency. It's a lack of being exposed to a lot of the suck of the world. Right. I mean, I, I got a pretty hard shell and that's only because of my life experiences that I've been in, you know, seeing heads blown off and bodies blown up and all this crap, you know, in, in war. And so I have, I'm probably the worst person to come cry to <laughs> really. Right. Um, I, Tough I, toasties. I, I've, I've, I mean, yeah, sometimes in life you just got to buck the fuck up. Right. I mean, you, you got to buck up and, you know, put your rucksack on and get a walking man. <laughs> but that's brilliant because you're the person to come to in that moment. And yeah. as you said, there are times in life where there's that moment. Mm-hmm. That's where it. you just need to be told you can fucking do it. Here's your bag. Mm. Yeah. Fucking go. <laughs> we got T minus four seconds to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that's also a really important mm. place. And then and then you play that song, these boots are made for <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like, on the road again. <laughs> oh, that one, there you go. That one too. Uh, so it, it's really meta that um that the the way things ended up turning out is you are hyper aware that this is a skill set you need to continue to develop and build on because specifically for you, it was the missing piece and you could see it clearly, whether you had the words for it or not, you knew this was the next step for you. How do you then end up going from there to now helping others see their blind spots? And those are usually, is it because you relate so well to the fact that there was such a clear blind spot for you, even though you didn't have the words for it, that you could see that in others who come from a similar background or in a similar position where they don't have to work anymore. And yet there's a lot you can still do just because you don't have to survive anymore. Yeah. From surviving to thriving, right? That's the sort of like little coaching phrase that you hear a lot. Um, I think what ended me up uh, working with people that really are, are high performers, high achievers, people at the top of their game in any industry um, does probably have to do with my background, but the, the work that I now teach, the work that I've done for the 25 years that I came to because I was a, a, a fucking mess. Um, I was a, a profound just ball of insecurities. You guys have met me in person. So this is probably not going to sound all familiar because I'm, I'm like 180 degrees from where I was then I started the work when I was about 19. Um, but I had, I was deeply insecure. I was overweight um, I had very low self-confidence. I had voices in my head. I was had conversations, anxiety. I was on meds for depression. I was suicidal. Like uh, on, on every level, I just, I couldn't really f- function. So, um, and that had started my mid teens. And so I, I found this work um, and I went to like a weekend, you know, workshop retreat thing. And I transformed more in one weekend than I thought humanly possible at, at all. And I was like, um, I would like more of this, please. And I, I dove the hell in and I went to, I studied that work intensively for five years. Then I went to another intensive four-year schools, got a master's degree. Um, and I just kept going and I have, um, I, I have to say, I, just, I have a knack for it. I, I have a gift. I'm weirdly good at this thing. Like when a person is talking to me, I hear at some point, I listen, I listen, I listen. At some point I hear the soul speak, um, meaning there's a place where um, on some level of that human system, they are, they are contradicting themselves. They are holding themselves back from what they want. And I intuitively have, uh, have built, uh, built, but I also have the natural gift of being able to find that place. And so when a person sits down and says, you know, I, I have everything I want, but I'm not happy. 
or my professional life is great, but my sex life could be better or wherever it is that they're not optimal, then within minutes, I sit down with them and I can see where that is. And I take them right to the core of the issue and address it right there on the call. And so the desire to do this with people who have a great impact in the world is it makes my heart sing because those are the people who are shaping the world as we know it. And to impact the people who shape then magnifies my impact that much more. There's something really, really profound to be said about this because when I first met you in Nashville, I would have never known that's who you were. And obviously nobody would ever know who somebody used to be, but it's just such a in opposite, like you said, 180 from what I first encountered. You, you were very forthright, uh, looked at everyone in the eyes, shook hands, uh, were very clear about what you were saying. It wasn't kind of mumbling and muffled and in the back. There was there was so much development that's taken place that nobody would have ever known that that's where you came from. So I can see that work. And the fact that you have developed that into a gift that can be transferred to others where you can tap into, let's say, points of friction in their flow mm -hmm. as, a, as a person and help them work to unlock that, if you will. It's like blood thinners for the soul, man. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I see a new program. <laughs> blood, blood thinners for the soul. <laughs> That's a good one. That should be that should be the name of this episode. Blood thinners for the soul. Oh, I really hope it is, you guys. I really. Oh hope it man, is. I can't even believe I just said that. Did I say that? I'm writing that down. Thinners. Float right out. Float oh, out. Man, I'm reaching. I'm reaching. Oh man, that's totally the episode title right there. Uh, but but that's what that's what I hear. That's what I see. And uh, for me, it's just exciting to know that that's like where you come from because uh, it's it just adds to the to the effect of what you're trying to share and the impact that you're trying to create because you have been on the other side of that, right? So yeah. um, just uh, to to go a little deeper on it, what have been some of your most profound experiences working with these professionals? Uh, was, and how do we understand them a little clearer, like who these people are? So if someone's listening, they're like, that's me. Everybody wants self-development. Everybody thinks I should get a coach, but not every coach is for every person, right? Yeah. Just like Jason was saying, he was like, hey, I'm not the one you come crying to, but if you want to get shit done, I'll kick your ass and tell you what you need to do, right? So, uh, So what is that for you and who is that for you? Yeah, it's interesting actually because I was thinking as you were saying that, Jason, that's that I'm basically the the, the healer version of you. Mm. That's like you know, a I'm I'm basically a dude in like most ways. <laughs> I tend to just kind of come across that way. Um, and and while I'm not like ass kicking in a sense of like a boot camp, I am going straight to the core of it. I'm not. There's no fluff. There's not a lot of like you know. If there's a gentle moment needed, there's a gentle moment needed. I can. I'm. I have a massive range of flexibility. And the people who are drawn to me are the people that want it fixed. Mm. You know, they, they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to necessarily baby step in. Um, they want to come in and be like, I need massive shift in my life and I need it fucking now. And I go, great. That's what I do. You know? And so it's not that it's, um, it's, it's, it's callous, it's deeply holistic. It's just, it's not, um, I don't talk about stuff with clients. It's not really the point. Right. If you're like here, I really want to tell you about this, but the, you know, if you're going, you want to go left, but the answer is right. You know, I'm, I'm going to steer us right. And that's one of the ways I'm able to get results as quickly as I am, because I'm not talking about a lot of stuff that's just not really, you know, important. 
you know? Right. It's not therapy. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not therapy. Right. And the reason why actually, interestingly, that, that you bring that up, therapy is a great thing. I'm like, I'm a big fan. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not anti at all. Um, the reason why it's not my favorite thing is because a, a therapist is, is um, uh, trained to function on the mental and the psychological levels of the human system. Right. But you as humans have more than just a mental and psychological body, right? You have a physical body, you have emotions, you have spiritual, energetic, all of these things. Well, the the source of, of a person's issue is pretty much never sourced in the head. It doesn't start mentally. You notice it mentally. Oh, I have negative thoughts. I have this belief. Every time I want to approach a woman, I get scared and I go the other way. Cool. That's great. Okay. So you can see all these things and behaviors and thoughts, but the source of the issue is much deeper. So when you go to therapy, you talk about things and you address it on the mental level, you're treating the symptom rather than the core. And so it takes longer and the uh, results are usually partial, right? It's fine. It'll still help. You know, it's not like a bad thing to do, but this work is so much better because it, it addresses every level of the human system at once. Yeah. I don't think that's what you've asked no, me. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I, I understand you, you're, you're essentially saying, look, I'm not against therapy. I think it's great, especially if you feel like you need it, take a look at it. If you're looking for actual change and you're looking for someone to push you in the right direction, regardless of how you feel about it and what your thoughts and feelings are about it, which, you know, again, I'm not diminishing it. I'm just saying, if you say you want this, I'm going to help you find out exactly where it's coming from that you need to do that. And I'm not going to dive into all the reasons why I'm going to tell you this is where it's coming from. So you need to do this. It's very straightforward. It's the shortest distance between two points. I understand. Yes, that. it I really, that. really is. And that's so right. important because in the spiritual energetic realm, there's so much fluff and a lot of it's not real or a lot of it's like really well-intentioned practitioners, but they haven't gone deeply enough in themselves to really know the depth of what they're talking about. They're not bad usually, but they're just, they're not great either. Right? Inept. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not great. And like most person that walk into, into a door and say, I had like some energetic work, they don't know if they're getting it or not. So they can't tell, you know, even with a therapist, sometimes you might be able to tell, you know, other things, the physical world, I can tell it's definitely not what I want. You know, the energetic world, you know, is more subtle. Anybody can learn to see it. And that's another important thing is that you're talking about how I showed up in Nashville. Um, there's, there's like, one of the things that I feel really, um, is really important to note is that there is nothing significant about me in any way in the teaching of, of this, right? I've, I've evolved myself through just like profound self-growth just over and over and over and peeling back layer after layer. And what is, what is at the core of it is this very confident, very effortless, very, you know, radiant. My default is joy. That is my default every single day. I'll dip out of it for a moment, but now it's just for a moment. There's almost no thoughts left in my head. Uh, it's called inner peace. Uh, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Listen, you know, I, I, I want to so take good. a I want to take a moment to give a shout out to our, to our supporters before we turn it over to the latter half of the show, uh, which will then go to you. And then we'll answer what's called the grand finale and check in with Jason all in between that. So if I may, I'd love to just give a shout out to uh our guy, Joel Phillips, he's part of the community here, uh, listens to the show, supports the show. He runs a company called ProShark. And whatever tech stack you're looking for, whether it's social media, right, cybersecurity, getting your shopping cart set up, designing the website to begin with, whether you're looking to revamp or you are starting from scratch, your best bet is to at least have a conversation with Joel or anyone on his team at ProShark. And you can go to ProShark.com, tell them the war room sent you, and they'll roll out the red carpet for you. Now, Dominique, 
for yourself, if someone wants to get a hold of you, go deeper and ask more questions based on what they've heard, because I'm sure they heard enough to be like, you know, I really need to talk to her. Where should they connect with you? What should they know? Absolutely. So the best place to find me is my website, which is just my full name, dominiedrew.com. And if you guys have a place where you have show notes, I have a link that I'll be, and I'll be happy to offer a free call to anybody who um, comes through this episode, just get on the phone, you know, no pressure, but just a way to talk about what you're going through and see if it's something that we can fix. Awesome. Awesome. Now uh, I'm going to check in with Jason before we go to the grand finale. How are we looking brother? I think we're good. It's been enlightening in many ways because I myself have been through this, something I don't share with a lot of people, but, but back, you know, coming out of uh, some of my combat tours, I went and talked to professionals and I will tell you what, I always just thought it was a complete waste of time because all they wanted to do is have poo-poo conversations, right? So that's my new word today. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's it's a book like, there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> the poo-poo conversation. <laughs> the um, poo-poo chronicles. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But it, it's always this, like, you know, and, and even like every four years, I have to go to the VA and they got to make sure I'm not crazy right. and do all this stuff, right? <laughs> Don't tell me you're passing those tests. So, so <laughs> where are my tax dollars going? I don't, this I is don't crazy know. talk. That's debatable. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the point is, is what they want you to do is just vomit up everything all over again, right? So then you feel like a bag of ass for the next three days, right? Because you just had to relive all that shit again over and over. And then you spend the next four and a half years shoving the demon back in the box, (laughs) right? And uh, it's just like this vicious cycle. And so I'm not really, I'll say what you probably didn't want to say, and that's, I'm not really a believer in that kind of therapy. I don't think it works. Uh-huh. I think it's counter, it's counterproductive uh-huh. and it just keeps putting you back into the same space constantly over and over and over and over and over again. And Jesus, all you want to do is bury the shit, mm-hmm. not live in it. So Right. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. No one can relive a moment enough times to suddenly, especially when they're truly traumatic events to, to then suddenly be like, yeah, I guess it wasn't that scary anyway. No, there's no way. And they they have this whole philosophy of like, if you revisit it enough times, the emotional charge leaves. And I don't think that's how it works. No, but you know, what will help me is getting beyond that and focusing on other things. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's the beyond that's important. So what you're saying actually does work, but it needs to be revisited in a way that is intentional. If, if you're, so by definition, if you guys are revisiting things and they're not clearing that means that it's not being revisited in the way it needs to be revisited. Um, the revisiting is actually really useful. That's how I, I cleared layer after layer of, of my own shit um, and, and kind of what I do with clients, but I do it in a certain way such that they only need to go through once and then it is actually moved. It is the revisiting with consciousness that actually creates the shift in your in your system. It shifts your relationship to that trauma. If you're revisiting, and obviously they're not taking you nearly deep enough, Jason, to actually do any of this stuff. They're, they're just trying to make sure that you're able to bottle it well enough that they're probably not going to get sued. Um, so the, the, the agenda is very different there. Right. But, but the revisiting itself when done correctly is magic when done incorrectly is just, as you say, it's, it's revisiting a trauma and hashing up shit. Yeah. that's not helping. Right. 
Yeah. Well, well said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so with that said, uh, Domini, if, if we were to reflect on everything that we've sort of touched on today, and I know we just scratched the surface, uh, but with that surface being visible and us being able to reflect on it for a moment, who would you have loved to have had here in this room with us today and why them? Do you know who I would have loved to have here? Do you know who Carl Sagan is? Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. So Carl Sagan, so I'm I'm a big uh, science geek, and um, I really love that because my realm goes into consciousness, which is kind of the edge of as far as science has gone, right? So we sort of shifted, for example, from like Newtonian physics, where it's like basically what you can touch and feel and how that stuff works, ball rolling down incline, um, and then into like the, the, the quantum world, which didn't work in any way like what we thought. And each time we do that, like humanity takes this massive leap forward as far as knowledge, and, and we keep getting closer and closer to like what our actual, what our relationship is to reality, which is kind of my, my area of specialty. So I really love that line between sort of science and consciousness. Um, and I think that he would have had uh, a lot of thoughts um, that would have been uh, super cool for this convo. So I love those people that are, that, that are like willing, comfortable enough sitting in the unknown that they'll kind of exist right on that line. It's a very cool place to be. That's that's like where entrepreneurs really live without yes. without without putting words to it, other than they live in the quantum realm, whether they know it or not. And uh, so true. And if anyone's ever heard of the science experiment, where uh, I believe they shot a like a ball or like a pellet through through electron uh, yeah, double through, slit experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. double slit experiment, mm-hmm. and the very act of observing the experiment changed the result. Whenever they did it without actually physically observing it they got a different result from every time they actually watched it so even just the heat the infrared heat from our eyes observing a thing creates a chemical reaction that changes what takes place therefore if we reflect on what we were talking about earlier with our intentions and our our intent to observe reobserve an event and then have it relived if done within the certain context can change what is being observed right but that takes obviously the right room and the right person and there's so many layers and obviously i don't have anything on that level that someone who had gone to war would have so i would be speaking out of my depth and in ignorance for me to think otherwise but i do know that that much is true about what scientifically has been recorded through repeated experiments. And if that's the case, obviously Carl Sagan would know that. And he'd probably trip us out with a bunch of other experiments that we've <laughs> yes. never even heard of that go on to further uh, corroborate that. But with that said, yeah. Dominique, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Exciting, interesting conversation. I can feel the energy. Uh, it is tradition around here for Jason to close us out. So I won't be doing that, but I'm going to turn it over to him. Just wanted to say it was awesome talking to you again. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. And now you're branded the blood thinner for the soul. <laughs> yes. Bring it. <laughs> I was hoping we'd forget about that. <laughs> oh, no. 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 Optimism. No. <laughs> I, I love it. I think it's pretty kick ass. <laughs> anyway, well, hey, thanks for taking the time to be here. You know, we all have the same 168 every week. And uh, thanks for stopping by for 30 and spending a little time with us and dropping some good, some really good stuff on our audience. And, you know, hopefully everybody was paying attention and and really kind of took that into the frontal lobe there um, and do something with it for a change. But thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. 
It was awesome meeting you in Nashville, and uh, I'm sure we'll be meeting again soon. I look forward to it. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.